What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione, and we are back after Worlds. I feel like that was years ago now, now that we took like a two-week break. Has it been two weeks, one week? Long time I don't ago. even know. <laughs> so it's like a whirlwind when you're in it, and now it feels like a lifetime ago, but we have to talk about it. It was so fun, so exciting. We had all sorts of things like air guitar, break dancing, uh, dodgeball, which by the way, the dodgeball, those people were like my age and very athletic and impressive. I would have like broken a hip or something. Did you see any of that? Yeah, no, it's intense. I mean, like literally, I mean, the way they dodge some things, I'm like, I think you were a little excessive on that dodge on purpose to make yourself look super athletic. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more jealous than I am, you know, judgmental about it but uh yeah it was dodgeball was incredible <laughs> slippery stairs was entertaining that was a good one um, so freaking funny <laughs> i mean i just love it when they're they just know right they just start inching back and they're just like gosh and they just gotta like that's it you just want to see them, see them quit because you know they're you know they've already started that momentum back there's nothing they could do they fall all the way down so it was uh it was entertaining <laughs> that is a that is like exercising your patience muscle Right, like yes. slippery stairs. Like, all right, am, am I really gonna try this again? <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, but um, so much fun. So, let's get into it. We had our pro singles, in, uh, of course, our first place being Mark Richards, who had quite a week, uh, quite a season. Uh, Mac, I took second. Jamie Graham, Alex Rawls took third. Absolutely no surprises there when we saw those four bracket winners. We're like, yep, that's who you would expect to be in there. So. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of the pro singles action, Trey? Yeah, so we had all four bracket winners uh, be the number one seeds. Uh, I I really had a chance to digest all of this. And really, it all just keeps coming back to trying to put into perspective how impressive Mark Richards actually was. I mean, when you think about it, what was the storyline coming in? He just came off of a singles championship. He's the new number one player in the country, tied with Alex Rawls. And now he's going to have the biggest target on his back. And add to it, what was the storyline that developed in the middle of the week? It was he beats out Alex Rawls and Jamie Graham and Matt Guy for MVP, right? Yep. And all these people were just like, all of a sudden, develop, especially someone like a Jamie Graham, developed this chip on their shoulder of, I'm not going to let this guy just sweep dominate me like that right <laughs> you're not going to keep doing this right then on top of it right how good is the pro field three of the four bracket winners all suffered losses in their bracket play so even to be the best player in the world none of them could could win all the way through without winning except one and that was mark richards he cleaned through his bracket Never lost a game, goes into that final four. And I told Jamie Graham this after he played Mark Richards. I said, Jamie, you just played well enough to probably win any other final four in the history of a, of a singles world championship. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. If Jamie Graham had played literally any other person from any other year, I think he wins a, a singles world championship, including 2020 Jamie Graham. 
I think if that if that Jamie Graham right there that lost to Mark Richards plays 2020 Jamie Graham in the finals, I think 2022 Jamie Graham wins. Yep. I mean, it was it was honestly mind-blowing to watch because Richards just with all of the pressure, with all of the new expectations, with all of that, it didn't matter. He still did it. And he finishes the season with eight ACL titles, okay? To put that in perspective, I mean, the guy put together a legendary season, and he's now gone all the way up to the list. I'm looking at the list now, okay? Mark Richards is now one, two, three, four, five, sixth all-time in ACL titles. In one season. Sixth all time in one season. He's now tied. Think about think about this. He's tied with Eric Davis for all-time titles. He's ahead of James Baldwin, Jordan Camba, Adam Hisner, Cody Henderson, Ryan Smith, Damon Dennis, Noah Wooten, all of these players that we have been talking about, been around the game forever, done all these great things. He has passed them in one season. He is now one title behind both Brett Guy and Ryan Windsor all time. I mean, (laughs) and he could get that before the end of the, before the end of the shootout series. I mean, he could turn around theoretically. He could win this weekend or the following weekend at a shootout that gets him a title. Then he gets to go to the shootout championship where he's already playing in doubles. If he makes it in singles, theoretically, he could get two more. This guy, although it's not likely, could get three more flipping titles in this, <laughs> in this year. And if he does that, if he does that, he would he would be at a he would be at twelve all time, and or sorry, that's uh, eleven all time, which would put him in fourth place, directly behind Trey Birchfield. What about the wow. Pro Invitational? Did you conclude that in there? Uh, you're right. The Pro Invitational is on there, too. I mean, you could throw <laughs> yeah. a Pro Invitational win in there. I mean, Why not? It, could be, it could be a 12. I mean, yeah. I, I just I, – I hate to take up so much time just talking about Mark Richards, but it's just – I don't think people understand what – really comprehend what that guy did at the world championships and it was just, it was unbelievable singles performance. Anthony, what do you have to add about anybody else? Yeah, I love it. And I'll, I'll go in a little bit more detail about Richards too, but definitely wanted to recognize some notable singles finishes, you know, that we weren't really expecting a Ty Lopez one Mm. game from a bracket championship. He moved up 20 plus rank positions on his run through singles Joe Neistead finished third in his bracket. Jeff Reynolds ran all the way to fourth. Uh, Ian Cripps, the run by Ian Cripps, that fourth place in his bracket. And Trey, I believe that was pivotal in locking himself up as a pro, right? So needed that run, got it done. We had uh, Tyler Parent out of the West. He finished fifth in his bracket. Nate Stevens, he went all, I mean, he was really close to that fifth place match. That was a tight one. He took fifth overall in his bracket. He could have went deeper. I mean, that was a close one. Leston Allen, fifth in his bracket. Alec Ryan with another strong finish. He's he's really turned it on at the back, back half of the season. He finished fifth. And then where did Jaime Sanchez come from? He ended up 
fifth in his bracket well. So or as well. So just some notable finishes that we weren't really expecting, but definitely wanted to highlight a few. We had the 13-year-old Jackson Gore almost gets his ESPN debut. And after coming out of that PDC qualifier, right? He goes through the PDC qualifier, then he runs all the way to the king seat. He goes through Dylan Turpin. Sorry, Dylan, you get Gore in the first round. He goes through Schlobaum, Getty, Hadley, Holland, Rawls. Goes through the number one player in the world, Rawls. And then ultimately, Rawls comes out of that loser's bracket and double dips. That match between Gore and Rawls, I loved what I was seeing from Rawls. So all season, Rawls has avoided that rollback. He's avoided that type of game because he's so good at pushing, collecting, and airmailing. For whatever reason... He flipped a switch. He played this head-to-head role game with Gore, and it was like, this is awesome what we're seeing here. He ended up double-dipping it with that style of play. He was playing Gore's style of play, so that match was absolutely fun. Um, the Graham and Halbert kind of dogfight the whole weekend. Um, they displayed some of the best cornhole you'll ever see in their singles bracket final. They played each other three times. So there was a 21 to 20 battle for the King seat. Graham wins that. Halbert comes out of the elimination bracket, rolls through the first one. I mean, he, it was like 22 to five or six or four. I mean, it was a low score for Graham, but then Graham comes out and wins it um, um, in that third game. But watching those boys to me, I mean, when it's all said and done, I keep saying this about Halbert, obviously Graham's in that conversation as well. When it's all said and done, these boys are going to be legends. So it was really at least awesome for me to watch them battle it so closely in singles. Tony Smith dominated his bracket. He dominated the whole bracket until he ran into Matt Guy in the finals. Until Guy, no opponent scored more than 11 points on Tony Smith. Four of his matches, he gave up a five, a seven, a six, and a two. That's it. So it really came down to the two scoops where Matt Guy turned it on to the end, ended up taking that bracket. And then the last bracket you went through, Mark Richards, like you said, he goes undefeated. Um, so that's nine wins. It's nine wins to get through the bracket and then get through the semifinal and the final on his way to the world champ. Straight up, I think you kind of highlighted it, it, it Trey. It wasn't even close. Seven of his nine matches, his opponents scored less than 10 points. His last three games, he wins the bracket giving up four points to Almanza. Graham was only able to score six points. And like you said, Graham was fire. He threw a 10-6-9. And only and scored lost. six points. That's yeah. crazy. How does that happen? And then in the championship game against Matt Guy, Matt only got seven points. So and three of those points were in the second to last round, like yes. in a game that felt already pretty much over. Hundred percent. It, it wasn't. I mean, he wasn't even in trouble. Here's the most he was in trouble. You might have heard murmur around the room when Yeti Irwan scored back to back fives in round four in five. So Richards is looking at this going, I'm down 10 to four early in this game. He shut that shit down quick. He goes on a 20, <laughs> he goes on a 22 run. He was like, okay, enough of that. Goes on a 22 run, ends up winning that one 21, 12. So he was like, that, that was as close as it was. Almanza was the only other player to even have a lead on him. He had a two point lead in his match. So Mish, all the games Richard play in, all the rest of them, he was never even behind in points. So legit, legit domination. And if you add on top of it, I mean, the, the stats were out there. If you look, Mark Richards in that final world championship, he 
Averaged points allowed per game 7.33 against the best players in the world. And, I mean, he. and then here's my other one, my other favorite stat. Mark Richards finished the season winning 18 games in a row. And here oh. is here is a list wow. of players he beat in those 18 games across the final chase and the world championships. This is not an all-inclusive list, but here's just a list of people he beat. Matt Guy. Jamie Graham, Tanner Halbert, Alex Rawls, Noah Almanza twice, Jay Rubin, Jacob Foreman, Ryan Smith, Josh Holland, Dylan Turpin, and Devin Harbaugh. No big deal. His last loss was to Tony Smith in the bracket final in at the bag brawl. So last time in a play to 21 format wow. at a national level that Mark Richards lost. I love that. I, love I wonder that. what the score of that was too. Oh, I, I don't have that, but I have to go look it up. <laughs> I want to know. Come on. <laughs> Crazy. Because it was like 2021, I feel like that would just be fascinating. But. Crazy. 7.33 points allowed is just stupid. It's stupid. Uh, moral, of the, moral of the story, Mark is good. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. I got your answer. 18 to 22. I knew it. I knew oh, it was going to be close. <laughs> and actually, he lost twice to Tony Smith in that. Tony Smith knocked him down and then got him again coming up. 21-17 and 22-18. There you go. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Well, Mark, kudos to you. Go ahead and get yourself some more titles while you're at it. And speaking of getting more titles, one of those could be the Pro Invitational, which is coming up. Uh, We have our top eight for men and women. Uh, As we just said, Mark Richards is one of those. Uh, The remaining men are Alex Rawls, Matt Guy, Jamie Graham, Tony Smith, Tanner Halbert, Noah Almanza, Josh Holland. Um, And then for our women, we have Cheyenne Renner, Sarah Cassidy, Yeti Irwan, Connie Altice, Cameron Belvin, Kaylee Hunter, Courtney Coy, and Whitney Martinez. Trey, can you tell us more about the Pro Invitational coming up? Yep, it'll be Sunday, September 4th be at Airmail City, uh, I think tentatively 1 p.m. local time. That'd be 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, you're listening to this probably on Tuesday, but it will. Uh, we will just draw on teams on Monday night. So nice. as you're listening to this, you probably already know who the teams are. They'll be randomly drawn. But um, I'm, I'm excited for this, right? I mean, it's going to be a single elimination bracket, played at 21, um, be seven games total. Um, and a hundred thousand dollar prize pool for this one event. So it's going to be really exciting to see uh, who pairs up and, and, uh, and takes it all last year. It was Cheyenne Renner and Ryan Smith. I think to an extent, this is, uh, you know, who gets lucky enough to get Cheyenne, <laughs> right? I mean, Facts. Um, that's a big, big up. No, Trey, did they do random pairing last season too, or is it based on something else? So last season we paired eight with one and one with That's eight right. on the men's and women's side. This time we decided to go with a, a random pairing. We'll see how that, that shapes out. Um, but certainly I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be considered a win for everybody except what maybe like a Tony Smith, like a Tony Smith has to throw like really slick bags. Like, do we think that Tony Smith is yeah. as effective? Right. I mean, that may be the only one that's that's going to be interesting to me as far as like bag chemistry goes, but I don't know. He'd be essentially playing in his home backyard. I think Tony Smith has permanent residence at Airmail City. So I what mean, time of day? Some, what time of day will it be played? Uh, probably one local. 
Okay, so one local. You're talking about high sun. Anybody who knows who they play outside, Pass. that sun just like, yeah, it just kills any moisture on the board. It just bakes it right off. But when you start to get into sunset, the humidity goes way up, and it gets really, yes. really slow. So a 1 o'clock is probably going to work against a Tony Smith. Yeah. and, and uh, Yeah, as, an, as, a as a California resident, let me tell you how fun it is to play in the sun. Not. <laughs> this is the fastest board. I can't even find a bag slow enough for me when I'm playing in, in the heat, uh, this dry heat here in California. Not yeah. Cool. Um, you know, I think it'd be interesting. You know, I think the shock, I think, you know, as we looked at the top eight lineup coming into the world championships, there's not a ton of shock there. Maybe the biggest one being Matthew Creek Killer. Creek Killer did not have a great world championship. As a result, he falls out of the top eight. So we were kind of looking for someone to jump in, and Noah Almanza kind of sees the day he jumps in and takes that spot. I believe everybody else was already slated to be in the top eight prior to the world championship. So Noah Almanza gets a, a great finish and finishes strong. A little bit more of a volatility on the women's side, right? Yes. Cameron Belvin, we weren't even talking about. We were like, Cameron Belvin's out. She's done, right? No, no, not so fast. She finishes unbelievably strong and gets yes. all the way makes that deep run in the winner's bracket of one of the brackets in pro singles. It delivers Cheyenne Renner, one of her, one of her two losses, Cheyenne Renner and her two losses in pro singles threw above a 10, three in both losses. Insane. The one that she lost to Cameron, she threw a 10, six and lost Cameron Belvin was right at 11. She may have finished right at 11 on that one game. But what's so funny is I had a chance to talk to Cameron um, afterwards, you know, just about how she played and everything. And what she, she, she goes, thank, I thank my lucky stars that Josh Keck, when he made a ruling on my bags at the last pro shootout that I made the broadcast, he ruled that my bags were either too close to somebody else's or that I can't remember if it was too close to somebody else's or if they weren't the same color on both sides. And he said, you can't use them on the broadcast court. So she had to go into her bag and get the same lucky bag pro snipers that she had thrown with no Wooten last season. And when they, and when she got them she, since then, she has not been able to miss. Wow. She has thrown everything in the hole. She said, I forgot how much I love these bags. She threw them at the world championships she dominated. She she went all the way through the pro qualifier, became one of the first women to ever go all the way through the pro qualifier. She was dominant pretty much the entire week with those set of, with that set of bags. But it never she never would have been throwing them if her original set of bags that she had been using wasn't vetoed to be used on a broadcast. But she board. went she went through the pro qualifier. Yeah, she had to go through the pro. She went through the. She was outside the top 100. She finished like 120 or something in singles. Oh, so she had to go through the pro qualifier and went went all the way through it. She requalified via that route. So um, okay, got it. But, but anyway, you know, she she jumps in, and then really the only other surprise was Courtney. Yes, I mean, and who she knocked out. I know. Stop, stop oh. it! Stop it, Mish. Go there. <laughs> Don't even go there. That is, um, I wouldn't well, want to be in that household. I, I know Miranda listens, but man, I, I don't look. Miranda puts on a lot of, you know, she, she, she's got her personality. I've never seen her as angry when she found that out and did the math. I mean, or when I sat there and did it, 
Now, the issue is, again, I, I said this, and this is, I, I, I don't know, but I still think when she showed me a screenshot on her phone, she came up to me and she's like, I don't think this is right. Look, I was supposed to be only, you know, two points ahead or behind of Whitney Martinez or something like that. She's going through all this math. And the screenshot she showed me was from one of the Road to Airmail City episodes, but I'm pretty sure she took the screenshot of the first half of the episode when they're talking about the rankings going into oh, okay. the final chase. Mm -hmm. So coming out of the final chase, the rankings look different. And I just, I think there was something in her head where she, she relaxed a little bit when her and Whitney Martinez kind of lost at the same point. I'm not sure if it would have made a huge difference if she had said won her stack bracket or Whitney had lost all the way out or I'm not sure. I haven't done that math, but it was it was brutal to 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 be there and see Miranda just having to put two and two together that Courtney had had passed her and Courtney Courtney had no idea she was like wait what wait, what yeah <laughs> I mean she Courtney was, had a really she was good not role. doing the math <laughs> no, yeah Miranda uh, Miranda grabs me earlier in the day she's like hey are you gonna run that math and I'm like. Nah, you know, let's have it official. I don't want to be someone who runs math unofficially and give you bad information. And then Elizabeth Moore came up and she's like, hey, can you run that math? So I was like, all right, I'll run the math. Miranda's like, hey, let me know if, if let me know. So I ran the math and I look at it and I'm like, oh, hell no. Nope. I, I, I am not telling her. I am not, not telling the her. So I never said, I had that math like four hours before it came out. And I was like, nope, I'm not telling her. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I just avoided her. I seen her over there. I went right. She goes yeah. left. I go right. <laughs> it's, it's oh, tough. I man. mean, it tells you how 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 brutal like that that those standings can be. But you know, I, I got to give a shout out hey, on the women's side specifically. You know, Courtney obviously, but I think Whitney Martinez. I think when at the beginning of the season, Anthony and I both said at the beginning of the season, coming out of the kickoff battle, we had a buy or sell. And that was after Whitney had that huge run. She beat Cheyenne Renner on the loser's bracket or the stack bracket. Like it was this big thing. Yep. And she was sitting at like number one in women's standings. And at, we had a buy or sell saying, would Whitney Martinez make it into the pro invitational? Both Anthony and I sold it, said that she didn't have the staying power in order to get through an entire season. So Whitney, job, Whitney. gets a shout out. For, for being able to weather that storm all year long in her rookie season to make it all the way to the Bro Invitational. And then also Yeti. I mean, what a run Yeti had at yes. the World Championships. Literally scored the most points on Mark Richards that we just talked about out of anybody in the entire field of pro singles. She was unbelievable and, and kind of cemented herself in that top eight. Excited to see how she plays in the Bro Invitational, but it's going to be, it'll be a fun one. Excited. Shout out to Trey's memory. How did you remember that buy or sell from who knows when? <laughs> That's crazy. I remember no, weird, stuff. That. weird stuff. Weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Let's move on to pro doubles from Worlds. Uh, we had an amazing match between Jay Rubin and Jordan Power and Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, where Rubin and Power took the win. Uh, Tanner Halbert, Eric Zockline, and Adam Hisner, and Cody Henderson also in there for third. Uh, loved watching Cody and Adam, all the dialogue. That was so entertaining. Um, but of course, Jay Rubin, Jordan Power, controversial, I guess, in our, for some reason, in our world. People don't like that, uh, I guess, attitude that Jordan brings. I think it's fun. 
Um, but uh, yeah, what a great match. What are your uh, thoughts there on pro doubles, Trey? He may be the number one player in the world, but he still gets nervous. <laughs> quote of the week. <laughs> I mean, quote of the year, I think. I mean, <laughs> right? geez. Uh, that, somebody's got to put that on the t-shirt. Like, oh, if Jordan is. isn't selling merch with that stuff, then he, he's he's just not thinking it through. <laughs> I mean. Get your, business, get your business hat on, Jordan. Come on. Here's my favorite part. I've said, I think I said this to you guys, but I think it's worth saying on air here. My, the craziest part of that entire game is that it is 16 to two. Jay Rubin goes for an airmail, knocks some stuff off, stuff goes in, and he scores four points. On the other end of the board, Jordan Power in his head, after all the messes, he counts five incorrectly. It was four, but in his head, he goes five points. That's game. He reaches over, reaches across the board to shake Mark Richards' hand. You could not see it on the broadcast, but he reached over that board to shake Mark Richards' hand, and Mark Richards stops, pulled the earbud out, kind of doesn't matter. He goes, no, it's just four. And Jordan goes, oh, okay, sorry, right? And I keep racking my brain. Did that split second of loss of focus from Mark Richards having to – think the game was over, then say it was not. I mean, could that have possibly made a difference in the ultimate result of the game? I mean, down 20 to two for them to come back. It really fell on the shoulder of Jay Rubin. I rewatched the entire game. Jordan power, the whole game was locked in. And you know, what's funny is Jordan and Jay scored the first two points. Yep. They went up two to zero. It was 20 to two, but people forgot it was, it wasn't like it was like 10 to nothing and then 10 to two and then 20 to two. No, two to zero, then 20 straight points, yep. then 19 straight points. Literally, yeah. there was only three, <laughs> three stretches of scoring the entire yes. game. I mean, <laughs> That's it. it tells you the one, the power of first bag, but also Jordan power was good pretty much the entire game. He gave up some points here and there, but for the most part, he was locked in. It was Jay Rubin that started a little bit shaky, and then something happened that he just he just got back into gear, and he was what brought him closer, put the pressure on Philip Lopez, and 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 got the job done. I mean, Mish, I think you you hit on a couple things I want to talk about. It was great to see Adam and Coney finally get back to where they were, and honestly, I thought they played pretty well. I mean, if you take if you take away literally for a second, pretend for a second that Mark Richards and Philip Lopez are able to sneak out a single point and they win 21 to three or 21 to two. Sorry. Imagine if they win 21 to two. We have a completely different conversation right now. We're talking about Mark Richards literally being unbeatable. Yeah. We're talking about Adam and Cody maybe being the second best team on the entire weekend. It's just they ran into Mark Richards and Philip Lopez, who were unbeatable, right? So it was great to see Adam and Cody executing at a high level back again. Halliburton and Zockline, I thought, were, were actually at the beginning part of their game a decent match um, for, for Ruben and Power, right? Uh, one of the things that I found interesting was that 
I think it was actually Tanner that kind of had the start of a little bit of a decline, and then a Zockline followed suit. At the beginning of the game, Zockline was locked in, and he was shooting, and so was Albert, and then both players lost it a little bit. Um, they looked like they had it for a while. You added, um, Anthony, that Tanner Halbert and Jamie Graham played three times. Well, they technically played five if yeah. you include doubles. I mean, <laughs> or so was it six? Yeah, six. Six times Jamie <laughs> Graham and Tanner Halbert had to play. I mean, that's 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 crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but but ultimately, and they split, what, 3-3? Three, three. Got to be 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, it was right around there. So, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, I thought, um, you know, Jay Rubin, Jordan Power, the the ability to fight back. I mean, you just can't you can't say enough about it. Um, Did you hear when Jordan said we only need nineteen points? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that oh. made me laugh. We only need nineteen. It's no big deal. It's fine. Yeah, I we mean, can't make any mistakes to get there, but that's all yeah, we need. That's the mindset you need. You have to think Absolutely. that way. And, and I'll say one more thing. Look, as a representative of the ACL, Jordan didn't say anything that was derogatory. He didn't say, no. di- say anything directly in a backswing. He didn't do anything that was out of line. Okay? If he wants to talk smack and he wants to create, build up, ruin, uplift, whatever his own brand, then he can do that. Jordan Power knows what he's doing, right? There's going to be some people that like it. And love it. And there's going to be some people that hate it. Let him be a gamer. Let him be a baller. Let him be a bagger. Whatever you want to call it. Yep. It's it's his thing. Let him do it. Agreed. And if you know Jordan, he's the nicest. So it's you know it's very easy to let that stuff go. What yeah. do you think, Anthony? Yeah. Uh, again, I want to kind of note some some doubles finishes. Uh, Grindersleeve and Batson took third. Now I know they're one of the top twenty teams, but just a solid run from them. Suprenit and Thorne took mm-hmm. second in their bracket. And I think that was huge for Suprenit to lock up another pro season, if I remember correctly. So big run for them. Uh, Turpin and Gonzalez finished third in their in their bracket. Really just a show of Gonzalez's, um, you know, level of play. We know Turpin's right there. The Gore twins took fourth. And Trey, was that pivotal in Jake's pro status? So yeah. that one was pivotal. If they hadn't been in the top 50 in double standings, Jake Gore would have been out. Ian Cripps would have booted him out. But instead, Gore and Gore qualify via doubles, meaning Nick Petusky was the first odd man out of qualifying for U18. Yeah. yeah. But just to dive a little deeper into the Halbert, Zockline, Graham guy you touched on a little bit, how they had another a second another double dip scenario. Um, it's, it's, we're just talking elite level Max excitement. I mean, putting it all out there, cornhole, Halbert and Graham. So six matches. They went heads all weekend. Like you said, three in singles, three in doubles. Um, they fought through the singles with a double dip. Did another double dip in the in the uh in the doubles format. Um, so playing each other six times straight up for me, Halbert was the the show out player in that finals match. I mean, this dude, he was not gonna be he was not gonna miss his shot at ESPN. Check this out in the Zock line and Halbert. 21 to 19 victory. Halbert scored 17 of the 21 points. He shot an 11.2 over 15 rounds, and he had this beautiful step out, outside arm push to win it. I mean, the dude was not going to be denied his ESPN. So it was just watching him blow up there in that finals was was really awesome to see. 
But you kind of went through the Ruben and Power. I'd like to kind of break that whole thing down for me because I think there was a lot to see there. Just putting on a show, and I loved every bit of it. So just to mention, these boys have been consistent all season. They won their bracket at National 1. They were in the bracket final at National 2 against Guy Graham. In the bracket final at National 4 against the Hollands, and they show up again here at Worlds. So no shock that they were in the, in the finals, but to do it the way that they did you know, was unbelievable. And with Ruben, Ruben's flight was canceled. So this dude's coming to Worlds. His flight's canceled. He gets in a car, drives 14 hours to get to the Worlds event, comes in on minimal sleep. I thought that was pretty crazy how he rolled in and just kind of dominated from there. But kind of going through that, those first, and you broke it down a little bit too, Trey, but those first nine rounds were real tight. The score was four to two after nine rounds. And then that's when Ruben and Power just started bleeding points. And it wasn't anything big. You know, it was these ones, it was these twos, until we reached that round where it was 16 to two, where Ruben, you said he, he actually shot, it was more than one airmail. It was two or three airmail. Couldn't find his airmail. He was four to five in airmail at that point. The drag bag scenarios. Did you see those drag bag scenarios? You know, where you have fourth right. bag in your hand, you have a drag on the hole, 90% of people are going to go in for the 10. He's firing at that drag bag, and he hit it every single time, which was obviously the difference in the game. It would have been done early. You miss one of those, that's a five-point swing. You're done there. Um, but when you get to that 23rd round, that's kind of where all the magic started to happen for me. You know, there was there was a, a kind of a, an odd airmail by Lopez that, that was kind of suspect in there. And I was like, eh, why are we doing that? Um, but Power started laying this really nice blocker. And I think he even turned to Ruben in that and said, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to run bags or do you want me to try and block? And the response was, let's try and block. We all know when you when you can only give up one point, laying a block is so hard. And if you're slightly off of that center block, Richards is going to make you pay. It's, it's just going to make you pay. Mm -hmm. So their scoring went, they gave up at, at, 22, at 20 to 2, they scored a 3 a four, a two, and a two. So they're slowly kind of working their way in. Next thing you know, it was 20 to 13. And that's when everything really changed in the room. You could see the momentum ship shift. All of the fans started. People are coming back into the building. It was like, well, people are coming back in. Richards and Lopez are like, you know, you could see the look on their face. We got to get this done. But round 29, Richards really missed his first bag of the entire event. And he fired one off the back. And it was hilarious because... The guy was perfect at this point. He fires a bag off the back and you hear the whole crowd like gasp, like, oh my gosh, yeah. Richards made a mistake, you know? <laughs> he gives up five points in that round. Lopez gets the bags back, 20 to 18, 29 rounds of play. There's only one round left. And here's what gets crazy. Up to that, up to that point where we were at 20 rounds, Richards had thrown 10 rounds. Lopez had thrown 10 rounds. Richard or uh, Lopez had only missed one bag in his first 10 rounds he was absolutely dominant in his last five rounds he threw 15 rounds the whole game first 10 rounds missed one bag last last five, uh, five rounds missed 12 bags Whoa. completely fell apart so that 24-0 run by uh, Ruben and Power to become world champs I mean it was just awesome to see and how it happened was completely bananas to me but I'll never I don't think I'll ever forget that match. It, it was that memorable for me. One Agreed. last comment I want to make is 
I heard rumblings about Ruben and Power may not playing together next year before the World Championships. Uh huh. What do you do now? How can how can you, how do, can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it plays a factor. I, don't know. I think it plays I, a factor. Maybe they stay together. I think so too. All right, let's finish up Worlds. We had our pro teams event. The Woodchucks took first. The Gushers took second. That was by far the most fun I think I had the entire week <laughs> was that team's match. Uh, and Brandon Selmeyer just being magical. I don't know how else to, I don't know what else to say about it. It was, was tough. Magical. We were calling the match next to it, and there's just all the energy was over there. Every time we'd go to commercial – I'm running over there. I'm like looking through the pile, like well, what's going on in there? What's happening? My, okay, that was so, the most. That was the most electric of the week. I mean, I and like, that's Jordan Powers. To come back. Jordan Powers quote might be good, right? But Stacy Moore, who hates teams now, yeah. is <laughs> also one of my favorite things I heard. Over oh, three watts. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just. <laughs> Oh man, I was so happy. You know, it, it, it you know, uh, you know, I was obviously rooting for my dad, Eric, who was playing in his last event ever as a pro, and he hits the game-saving, series-saving airmail wait, drag wait, no, in game shank, six. Shank. Yeah, shank, shank, airmail drag to stay in it, <laughs> and then sends it back down. They win the game, and then we, everybody, everybody thinks it's over. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's over. You got a bag on the left side. You cannot drag a bag on the left side. I still don't know how it happened. I know. It does it not tough. make sense that Brandon Selmeyer was able to get that bag. It does not make sense. It's like a t it was like a teeny tiny corner. It was just barely, you know, dipping its toe in. Like barely. Yeah. On the left side, though. I mean, just now, now we know mind it's blowing. So excited for teams. Let's go yes. on teams. Women singles, Cheyenne Renner. Connie Altice in second. In women's double, Cheyenne Renner, Sarah Cassidy take first. Deborah Odom and Tegan Owens take second. Tegan Owens, I thought, very impressive on the broadcast. Very uh, impressive. I she did phenomenal. She hit 16 in a row at one point. 16 yes. bags in a row at one yeah. point. I mean, she was that, like Anthony said, Anthony mentioned this previously, that was the Tegan Owens we expected coming into the season. It was just really cool to see her get to that level now. And like do you now, think bags had something to do with it. There was a bag change there at the end. It's her style of bag, but yeah, she she explained her game. So I talked to her about her game earlier in the season, and she's like, "We talk about our floors and ceilings." She's like, "That's me. I have really, really high floor, high high ceilings, but then really, really low floors." And boom, Got she's it. ceilinged at the right time for sure. Yeah, it was yeah, great. It was did. a really great team performance because in the final, Tegan Owens did what she could to keep them in it. Deborah Odom did what she needed in bracket play, bracket play to get them where they were. I mean, it was mm -hmm. it was just a really cool team dynamic. Tegan Owens looked unfazed, like I she know. was just, yeah. boom, like unfazed. Like I'm not nervous. I'm ready to go. Like she just good. her presence, her presence on the which court. is shocking for a rookie on the biggest stage they've ever played on. Yeah, no big deal. Exactly. Uh, senior singles: Drew McGuffin takes first. Damon De Damon Dennis takes second for doubles. Philip Hayden, Damon Dennis take first, and then Tom Walter Tom Walter and Steve Steve Schrader take second. Uh, my favorite part of that one was when <laughs> Jimmy missed a bag, not like a big deal, just missed a bag, and his mom's all, <gasps> like in the audience, yeah. like, like an audible gasp, like it just missed. It wasn't like off the board; it was just slightly to the right. It was she couldn't yeah. believe he missed a bag. 
My it was favorite great to was Philip uh, Hayden go off with a win. Yes, yes. Was, yeah. that was that was awesome. My favorite was similar to that. So uh, McGuffin was left with a decision. He had to either airmail it or or go for a push. And his mom yells out of the stands, "Shoot it!" He shot it. <laughs> yeah. He, was and he goes, "Mom told me to." Mom, yeah. mom told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do what she says. Uh, co-ed doubles: Mark Richards and Daniela Luna take first. Trey Birchfield, Sarah Cassidy take second. Mark Richards and D- Daniela Luna. I mean, Daniela Luna. I mean, she said that the push used to be her worst shot, and she went and worked on it. And man, did she work on it! I mean, she was hitting those impressive pushes made a big difference in that game very impressive from her i was yeah. very very impressed with luna yeah so I'm literally i'm watching kaylee hunter and jamie graham go toe-to-toe with maddie mcbride and austin cameron i mean a battle for the ages and mcbride and cameron could not miss no matter what graham and hunter did they would not miss and then all of a sudden they get called to the other court we're calling this game and i look over and they're shaking hands i'm like Wow, Richards and Luna just got spanked. And I look yeah. at the score and I'm like, that must be wrong. I mean, <laughs> and they're like, no, they, they just killed him. I'm like, what in the world just happened? What happened? Yeah, I mean, but we, uh, they didn't play. I, I didn't see the other game, but I was on that game against Richards and Luna. And they I don't think they played as well there either. But Richards and Luna also obviously played really well. And then Super Hole, Doug Flutie, Matt Guy. First, Mark Richards, Don Staley takes second, and Doug Flutie, I thought, was impressive as well. Yeah, you know, Don Staley kind of was the crowd winner. I mean, I I kind of, I could not believe I was actively like calling and like getting hyped about a South Carolina Gamecock, like because that breaks my heart internally. But um, Don Staley was the crowd favorite and uh, kudos to Doug Flutie for being able to kind of weather that storm and be able to win it in the last round after he just gave up like a nine spot in the previous round to Don Staley. Yep. But yeah, Super Bowl Don Staley kept switching her bag. It was flat. It was tumbling. It was flat. It was tumbling. <laughs> yeah. She didn't know. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> Ultimately, they, they both wanted it, though. You could see they both yeah. wanted it. It turned competitive on that side real quick. It's hard not to, right? All right, let's uh, talk about the shootout coming up this weekend in uh, Wichita. We've got um, our roster here with us. What are some top singles or doubles to look out for, Trey? Yeah, on me, I, I really like it. We're getting into crunch time now. Yeah. Right, crunch time. I mean, I think all eyes will be on Mark Richards and singles just because we're going to see will Richards get an opportunity. And it's the last shootout that's going to be indoors before those championships. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think once you go outside, I'm not picking Mark Richards outside. I could be wrong, um, but yeah. I'm not taking Mark Richards outside, especially in at at Spencer McKenzie's when the wind is always can be notorious of being, you know, blowing like crazy out there. So I'm not taking him, which means. This is kind of his last opportunity, I think, to get in, right, uh, on, on the men's single side. So we're watching him, but really I'm looking for these quirky teams, right? And I got five I like, teams that have okay. paired up that I don't I, – I just can't wait to see how they play together, right? Yeah. Tanner Halbert and yep. Devin Harbaugh. <laughs> yes. That was mine. <laughs> Cheyenne Renner and Noah Almanza. I love that one, actually. Mm-hmm. Dylan Turpin and Caleb Franklin. Which a little birdie may have told me that that could be a preview of next season. I love that. Is that if that's true? I love that as a next season pick. 
Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a similar because I think Turpin and Gonzalez they are really close, but I think there is a discrepancy in bag preference there. Yes, and I think they're more aligned with the WTF bags with the carpet with Turpin and Franklin. So I think that that may be the case. Hunter Thorne and Jimmy Humans, <laughs> <laughs> and then John Fuentes and Tony Smith. Yeah. Will we see Tony Smith throw cat bags? I mean, <laughs> we're going to see that before Fuentes throws those damn red. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Combats. Fuentes is not going to be throwing bags. bags. <laughs> I, got, I, I threw those combats for like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes back at the hotel on that little practice room with Tony Smith. I'm like, how do you throw these things, man? Yeah. I mean, I was just whipping those things in there. It was crazy. Yeah. It's, it was, it was. So, yeah, I mean, those are the ones I think are going to be uh, the, the, the fun ones to look at. If there's one more I want to highlight, maybe on the single side, it would be on women's singles, Allison Peters. She goes 8-0 mm-hmm. in the pro qualifier. We've already seen her start playing really well recently again. I mean, she's back to the form that she was in summer 2021 that we expected her to continue into 2022, but she, she hasn't been that. Now she's back into that form. It would not surprise me at all if she wins this weekend. It would also be the year, pro shootout number seven, she won in Memphis, right? Can she follow up and win number lucky number seven again? Why not? Why not? What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, for me, uh, what's kind of standing out or worth talking about is in singles, you have a, you have quite a few players who have locked up themselves in doubles and now looking to lock themselves up in singles. And we're talking $90,000 if you can win doubles and singles. And we've already seen it twice this season, so it's not crazy, you know, with Graham and Richards already doing it this season. But Trey Birchfield, he's already locked up in doubles with Rawls. He's in the field trying to get his singles a bid. Mark Richards locked it up with Bernaset, a weird matchup. He's looking to lock it up in, in singles. You've got uh, Matt Guy. He's already locked up in in trying to get it in singles. Windsor trying to get a double lock. Wooten trying to get a double lock. And, and Lopez. So there's quite a few players in there now trying to go dip into that that singles cash too. And if, if you do both, I mean, $90,000 is a huge, huge payday. But in men's, I mean, pretty much all the top 10s are covered. If they haven't already qualified, they're registered for the field. On the women's side, we're missing Connie Altice, the number four. I don't see her in there. Uh, Whitney Martinez not in the, in that field, but we do have a Yeti Irwan, who's number three in the world, trying to lock up her singles. Courtney Coy made a move at number eight, trying to lock up his singles. But I really like how Daniela Luna looked coming out of uh, coming out of Worlds. I think that she could do some. I think she could be your dark horse coming out of the out of the women's side. Yeah, Danielle, Danielle is another one of those ones. And Cameron Belvin also. I think Cameron Belvin, how well she's been throwing. But this way, if Cameron Belvin throws like she threw in pro singles at the World Championships, she's winning this thing, right? I don't know if she will yes. throw like that. But if, if she does throw like that, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, or it's crazy the Allison that that, Peters all through those the are left. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One other small dynamic that it's worth mentioning, I am so excited to see how these new boards play in a facility that doesn't have 2000 people in it. Mm, yes. Right. Cause right. now we're on the road with all these new boards. So will they play pretty, pretty moderate? Like they ended up playing at worlds or are they going to be lightning fast now that we get into an open air facility? 
-hmm. Yeah, also just just to say what you're saying, you said um, the Belvin we saw at Worlds. What about the Peters we saw in the qualifier? I was actually blown away by that. She was a 4-0. I mean, she rolled that she was thing. 8-0. Or sorry, yeah, was the 4-0 in the second half. Yeah, 4-0, 4-0. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Unbeatable. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. We shall see. If that well, Peter that shows in, up, she'll kill it. That rolls into our hot takes. What do you got, Trey? Oh, you you led me up perfectly. Allison Peters wins women's figured. singles at shootout number seven in Wichita. Kind of had a feeling one of you was going to take that. Was yeah. that yours, Anthony? No, I'm going to go with the double lock. I think we're going to get another double lock. We're going to get a player that is is in the bid for singles and doubles. And for some reason, I'm I'm feeling Ryan Windsor. That's my the hot take. The hot take part of it. I'm going to go with Ryan Windsor. All right. All right. I'm picking Halbert and Harbaugh. Let's see it. See this team. Yeah, I love it's that. A random I one. love that. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, I will point out that I've picked Tanner quite a bit in my hot take. So let's let's do it, Tanner. This is the one. I want to see it happen. <laughs> all right. Well, we will see what happens this weekend in Kansas. So stay tuned for that. That's all we have for the show today. We'll see you guys all next time.